Welcome back to NC Realtors Redefine, the NC Realtors podcast. On this episode from our Mobile Monday series on Facebook, just in time for tax season, our Realtor Partner Tax Spot presents four ways to boost your tax refund as a real estate professional. And 2021 NC Realtors President Kelly Marks gives you a quick refresher on how to keep your clients safe during COVID-19. But first... marks NC Realtors 100 year anniversary and we're asking you to join the celebration. If you have a story, document, or photo from our association's history, please visit ncrealtors100.org to let us know. My name is Melissa. I'm the webinar specialist at TaxBot. Thank you for having me on your presentation today. I'm excited to get to share with you a few tips that can help you to save a lot of money on your taxes. We have been partners with the North Carolina Realtors Association for the past several years, and they've asked me to share some of these important tax tips with you guys today. So let's go ahead and dive in. The first one that we're going to talk about is the home office deduction. And this is a really big one. So many people um, believe that taking the home office deduction will actually increase their audit risk. And this might have been true, you know, 30 years ago, but it's not anymore. And so if this was like something that really would increase your audit risk, then we wouldn't suggest that you do it. But really, um, Congress has been passing a lot of laws making it easier to claim the home office deduction because they want you to claim it. Okay, it's really important for for self-employed people to be able to claim this and to help save money on their taxes. So it's really an important home office deduction. Um, tax deduction. So the benefit is if you write this off properly and implement it properly, it can save you hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of your lifetime. So on average per year, we estimate that it should save you about two to three thousand dollars on your taxes every year. So you know that's a lot of money and it adds up really fast. So there are two methods that you can use to calculate your home office deduction. And one is called the safe harbor method and it's a simplified version. And then there is the traditional method, which we think is better. And that's one that we're going to talk a bit about today. It gives you a lot more um, options and and ways to to save more money on your taxes. So let's talk about the traditional method for just a minute. So under the traditional home home office deduction model, first you need to find out the total square footage of your home. And then you need to find out the square footage of your office. Okay, so let's say, for example, that your home is 1,600 square feet, and the office that you use to do your business in is 210 square feet. So you do the division, you divide your home office square footage by the total of your home square footage. So in this case, the example that we used, your home office space is 13.1% of your total home. So once you're armed with this percentage, okay, you can take that percentage and you can use that to take off um, things related to your home, such as your mortgage interest. Um, rent. If you don't own your home and you rent, that's still okay. You can still take the home office deduction. Okay. Um, You can count off 13.1% of your utilities. You can count off 13.1% of like your lawn service or your alarm monitoring services. You know, anything that you use basically for your home that, that will then reach into your office and help to be used in your office to protect your office. Those kinds of things will qualify. Okay. Even your home insurance 
will qualify on that. And so if you think about that 13% of all of those things, that adds up really fast that you can claim for the whole year. So in order to qualify, there's three questions that you need to ask yourself. Okay, the first question is, um, is there any one location where you do all of your important functions for your business? Okay, so if that place is your home, then you're set on that question. Okay, if it's not your home, if it's not the only place that you do business, you know, that's okay, but your home office would need to be where you do more than 50% of your, of your business. So it's okay if you have another office, but you need to use at least 50% of your important functions for your business in the home office. Okay, the second question to ask yourself is, is the office space used exclusively for business? Okay, so it has to be a space that not only do, that you only, excuse me, it has to be a place that you only do business work in. Okay, so kids can't be in your office playing games. Um, you can't exercise in the space that you're claiming as part of that percentage. Okay, no other personal use, only for business. And if it can be part of a room too, it doesn't have to be the whole room, but you, you'd have to figure out the percentage of that part of your room that you use only for business. Okay, so that's the second question. And the third one would be that, is it the principal place that you complete your administrative work? Okay, so like we talked about earlier, you can have a, a different office that you, know, you drive to in an office building or whatever, um, but your administrative stuff needs to be done 50% in the home office in order to count that. So these, there are these rules, but you know, as much as you figure as the home, a small business owner, self-employed person, a lot of stuff that we do, we do at home. And so it's important that, you know, you can count that office if you qualify for, if you qualify for this deduction that you take it because it can really add up quickly. Um, the next thing, the second tip that we're going to talk about today is mills. And mills and entertainment have changed a lot over the last few years and have kind of gone back and forth. So we're going to go over really quickly what is deductible right now. Um, so the latest stimulus laws that they have passed have brought back, you know, the three martini lunch. Okay. So they're saying, you know, for a while their meals weren't deductible, but now they are again, and they are deductible at 100% through 2022. Okay. So this is amazing. And this is a good thing they did. It, it also helps to support our small businesses. Um, and like small rental restaurants and things like that, because they're struggling too. And so it was something that they passed to entice businesses to spend money on meals at struggling restaurants. So the rules to know if um, what you need to do for business meal, if it's deductible or not, it's to make sure the first thing is to make sure that your accounting is kept separate from meals and entertainment. So like we just said, the entertainment or meals are deductible now 100% through 2022, but entertainment is not. Okay, so entertainment is not deductible. So you need to keep that separate. You're, you're accounting separate on those two things from meals and entertainment. Okay, another rule that they have passed with this is that food and beverages must be provided by a restaurant. And they actually use the word by, not in a restaurant. So what they're saying is the new rule isn't limited to meals eaten on the restaurant premises. Okay, we can, you take out delivered meals that are provided by a restaurant are also fully deductible. So you don't have to go into the restaurant or trying to you know, help with, with COVID and everything too. If they don't have their lobbies open and things like that, you can still count the meal as long as it's provided by a restaurant. So if you went to like a grocery store and grabbed some food, you know, something like that and, and met with a client, you know, that wouldn't um, be 
100% deductible in that case, okay? It needs to be from a restaurant, but not necessarily even at the restaurant. Okay, another rule on this is that the expense needs to be an ordinary and necessary expense that's incurred you know, in the taxable year, just carrying on your business and your trade. It can't be lavish or extravagant under the circumstances. It has to be, um, you know, it has to make sense and be ordinary and necessary for what would, what would it go on. Um, another rule is that the taxpayer, so the, the person who owns the business, you or your employee has to be present at the furnishing of the food or beverages. So you can't just have the food delivered to a potential client or something. You would need to be there or one of your employees in order to deduct that. Um, food and beverages are provided to a current potential business customer, client, consultant, or similar business contact. So that's just saying right there that that's who you have to provide to. It's someone who's a current or potential business customer, a client, a consultant, you know, some, a similar business contact. Those are some of the people that you can have lunch with or, or dinner with. So meals and beverages um, that are provided Oh, sorry, let me start that over again because meals and beverages that are not provided by a restaurant. So we talked about this a little bit earlier if you get it from a grocery store or something like that. Those are deductible at 50%, okay? So you can still deduct them to 50%, but they don't meet the full requirement, okay? Um, so that's just some of the rules to know if it is of what you can do for a business lunch. And if you follow these rules and provide documentation, then they'll, they'll be tax deductible. So let's talk about what kind of, of documentation that you need, because that's really important too, is to know what, you know, how to document it so that it is um, IRS proof, okay, audit proof, that you can, you can, won't have to worry about that. Um, so at TaxBot, we like to call them the five W's and an H, okay? And now if you use these five W's and an H, it will help you to stay IRS compliant. You'll be able to meet their requirements and you won't have to worry about, about anything. Okay, so the first W is who you met with. Um, so you have to have a specific name, okay? James Taylor, that's who you met with, okay? Um, so you need to record that and have that written down. The second W is what type of expense. So in this case, you know, we're talking about mills, okay? It's gonna be a mill expense, that's what you'd write down. Um, the third expense is where it took place. So where did you get the food from? So let's say you did Outback Steakhouse, you would want to have that documented. Okay, the fourth one is when, so just make sure you have the date written down. Um, the fifth one, the fifth W is why. Okay, and this is the business purpose for the meal, and this is where you have to be really careful because you need to be really specific. Um, they really want to know, you know, why, what is the purpose of this you know, why, why should we, it should be, why should it be deductible? And so you need to be really specific and don't maybe just write down referrals, but maybe put down, you know, ask for real estate referrals. Okay. So you want to make sure that you're very specific on that. And then the H is how much did it cost? Okay. So you would make sure that you have the total cost documented also. So some of the reasons that you guys could write down, you know, that for a real estate agent, what kind of reasons could you meet with someone for a lunch? So you could, um, meet to, like we talked about, ask for real estate referrals. Okay, you could meet with someone to finalize contracts. Um, you could meet with potential suppliers, okay, photographers, you know, like an example, people that would do work for you and your business. Okay, any of those kinds of purposes you could write down, you know, and there's others, those are just some examples you could write down to use um, 
as your purpose for your business, for your business meal. Okay. The other thing that you need to do is to make sure that before you meet your, for your meal, that you are letting the people that you're meeting with know that you're going to be discussing business. Okay. That's showing that you are, it's a pre-planned business meal and you're going to be discussing business and it necessarily doesn't matter how long you talk business. Okay. But just that you do. So like you let them know that you're going to discuss business and then you actually do discuss business. Okay. So those are kinds of the things for meals. I know we went over that really quick, but they're, they're very, it's really great. They're deductible now. So we'll be good. Okay. So let's go into our next tip. Um, the next tip we're going to cover, the third one is education. So we are often asked this question a lot is if you can deduct like any classes you take courses, college tuition, et cetera. So the question it's, it's situational. Yes, you can in some situations. So let's go over the rule. Okay. The general rule is that in order for classes to be deductible, okay, they must either maintain or improve the skills required by your present job, trade, or business. Okay. So I don't know. I have to really, let's make sure we understand. <laughs> I'll read it again. They must either maintain or improve the skills required by your present job, trade, or business. Okay. Or they must be required in order to retain your salary, status, or rate of compensation. Okay. So it's kind of, it has to either be required or it will make you better at your job. Okay. So those kinds of things are definitely deductible. Now, this can be a bit misleading because there are some exceptions to the rule. So you want to make sure that you talk to your tax professional and that they've cleared it and they said, yes, you know, that that is deductible. You know, some things, for example, um, if you want to take a class, maybe to go into a new profession, okay, that would not be deductible. It has to be your current job. So those are just some things that you'd want to, you know, do some double checking on and make sure. But those would be, in most cases, those are those kinds of things are deductible. Okay. Um, the fourth tip we're going to talk about is the importance of using a good accountant. So it's something that's been done by the rich for years and years, but they create their own team of tax professionals that help them that look for ways that they can deduct money, you know, save on their taxes. Okay, and that's kind of what you want to do too. You want to create your own team and a tax professional should be one of the first ones that you find that can help you to really get in depth and to figure out what you can do to save money. And so one thing to remember is that when tax time hits, most accountants only have a few hours to spend on each of their clients and the client's returns. Okay. They don't have time to sit and um, go through and search and dig and find other deductions because once that tax time hits and they've got, you know, 300 other clients, they're just getting the tax returns put out. Okay. So it's really important to understand that you need to find one um, that you can work with. Okay. So different accountants can all have the same, be given the same information and come up with different tax return results. Okay. For the small business. And so someone who is small business minded and specializes in small business taxes is very important because they will know a lot of these different kinds of tips and tricks to help you save more money. So make sure that you cultivate a good relationship with them. Make sure that you can um, meet with them several times throughout the year. You don't want to just be meeting, you know, a month or two before tax time. You want to have time set up throughout the year to be meeting with your accountant um, so that you can plan with them and figure out ways to 
save money on your taxes. It's all about preparation. Okay. And the other thing is you want to be able to speak to your accountant and kind of know what, what kind of deductions you want to take. So the more that you personally learn about tax deductions and what you qualify for, the more you'll be able to have these in-depth discussions with your accountant, you know, to really maximize your tax savings. So that's our fourth tip is to just really make sure that you find a good accountant that you work well with and that knows about small business taxes. Okay. Thank you, you guys. To learn more about TaxBot and all our Realtor partners, visit the NC Realtors website at ncrealtors.org partners. Hi, fellow Realtors. I'm Kelly Marks, your 2021 NC Realtors president. A core goal of NC Realtors is to help you, its members, become more profitable and successful. We do that by offering a wide array of EPIC member benefits and resources to keep you relevant, in the know, and prepared to tackle any industry disruptor. The right tools for right now. And right now, we're still in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. Remember, your NC Realtors advocacy team fought hard to ensure real estate was considered an essential service in North Carolina. We did that by promising our government officials that we can and will conduct business safely. Let's not forget that as we continue to work in 2021. Please do your part to follow local, state, and federal safety guidelines. If you can work remotely, you should. If you choose to conduct in-person showings or other activities, keep these things in mind, like adhering to social distancing recommendations, requiring all persons entering a property to immediately wash your hands or use hand sanitizer, asking clients to wear a face mask or covering, and limiting the number of persons who may attend a showing. Remember, it's a privilege to be invited to show any home. If we're not for the sellers and their invitation, we would not have a property to show or sell. We'd not have worker income. So take the time to educate your clients, remind them of the proper safety protocols. NC Realtors makes this easy for you. We've compiled a coronavirus best practice guide with a full list of safety guidelines and tips for in-person showings. I'm proud to be an NC Realtor and I'm proud of how we've responded and thrived during this pandemic. Let's keep it up. Our clients and communities need us. And remember, NC Realtors is here to support you. Your success in this business is our priority. So take care. To read the full coronavirus best practices guide and to learn more about how NC Realtors is supporting members during the pandemic, visit our website at ncrealtors.org coronavirus. Do you have feedback on a story or topic that you'd like to hear covered on this podcast? Then give NC Realtors Redefine a call at 336-550-4437. When leaving your voicemail, be sure to tell us your name and where you're from. Your comments may be used on a future episode of NC Realtors Redefined. Be sure to catch up on every episode of NC Realtors Redefined by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud.